Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. So what did you say again? Can you say it again? Oh, I don't remember. It, it was nothing. You don't remember? <laughs> oh, it seemed like it was something a little along the lines of, I'm sorry for everything I ever said about Lemon, but... I am sorry for everything. I listen, because I know I'm really thrusting up this upon people. If you're not on Patreon, what a... Z- conf- Xenon... First of all, what a waste. And second of all, what a confusion you must be in. What a very big confusion you must be in. Can we turn her so she's facing... The- she, yes. She doesn't do Here well she when is. she's not this is, in this the is limelight. Xenon. She's also on my phone at all times. I'm just, still dressed as a lemon and Xenon's still in the room. I love Xenon so much. You have to go watch the Space Camp video and it's probably not going to mean anything to you. I don't care. I love We're going to maybe clip the part where uh, I made a really aggressive uh, animation of her in the middle of our video. Maybe we'll put that on Instagram or something. I know like it probably makes no sense, but also like at one point, none of us understood what Lemon was and we all came to terms and we all gathered around and, and loved well, Lemon. Well, not, not me. all. Yeah, no. Some but of now us... I'm requesting everyone do that for me. Okay. I love her so much. So anyway, we were in the middle of me <laughs> singing her praises all yeah. over her. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hello. Welcome. Hi, welcome to And That's Why We Drink. I don't know why I'm still wearing these horrible yellow glasses. There was something I was going to say. Oh, so I know that... Oh, ow, my eyes. Okay. I know that we're... Uh, Halloween is like yesterday when this comes yesterday. out. But I we have some spooky things to tell, I think. Yes. A couple. We sure do. Ghosty things um, that I don't want to forget. So one of them, which one first? I don't know. Do you know which I'm talking about? Mm, I know about... There's one from here. From here? From this very building. What are you talking about? Oh my God. Okay, we literally talked about it like oh. an hour ago. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was uh, behind the times. And, which AKA just means we're cursed anyway. And then there's something that happened the other day that my mom texted me about, which was like jarring. So, which one? Okay, so anyway, I'll just tell you about my mom's text. So yesterday, I was just hanging out and I got this text from my mom that said, want to know something creepy or want to hear something creepy? And I was like, no, not really. But she told me anyway. She said, I was sitting fermenting kraut don't worry about that this part. is the most or nothing it was well, like i didn't even notice it and then i showed eva and was like you had me at fermenting kraut yeah <laughs> she was like i was sitting at my table fermenting kraut on a saturday night when uh i just said out loud to tim my stepdad i th- what did, what was the line it was like i think un- i think uncle walt is dead yeah so she she doesn't mince her words she's german she doesn't say i don't think he's doing she well. her kraut though she does <laughs> 
<laughs> she ferments it too. Half as very half as hardly though. Yeah. Um, no, so she goes. I think Uncle Walt is dead, and then then she called my step grandma the next day, her mother in law, and was like, "Can you check on Walt?" And so my grandma did, and it turns out he had passed on Saturday night. Ooh. And I was like, I I completely forgot I literally had an Uncle Walt because he's like a step uncle or so like, you know very removed yeah he's like my stepdad's uncle um and so i just saw like walt died and i was like this is like a lot and like kraut fermenting i was like this is a lot for me to take in right now but it was weird just like another like an another walt reference remember how we always have waltz on this show no i know the second i saw when i first saw your text about that situation yeah i first saw the word waltz and i went this is a fucking ghost story yeah so it's weird and i was like i didn't even remember like i'm not close with him but i was like i didn't even remember my grandpa's name is waltz and he's uh alive and kicking but one day i'm wondering if he's gonna be like the most prominent ghost in my life and then i have an uncle wally who's like also so i can love uncle wally i know bow tie central over here so anyway, I have an Uncle Walt who apparently passed away. I mean, he's older, but still. And um, so there's another Walt in the story, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, mm. that I didn't even remember existed. Uh, a different Uncle Walt than my Uncle Wally and gram- uh, Grandpa Walter. Walt, your grandpa. Well, I also I just said that I love your uh, your Uncle Wally, but we all know who my favorite member of your family is. Do who, we? Yeah, who I actually thought was a ghost when I first met her. <laughs> Grandma Pam. Oh, Miss Pam. Isn't I that love Miss Pam. Miss Pam is kind of M thinks a ghost. I'm pretty sure quilts. Aunt Pam isn't really here. And Aunt Pam apparently heard that story. Grandma Pam. Grandma Pam? Yeah. Oh, Aunt Pam? I've been calling her Aunt Pam or Miss Pam in my head this whole time. Grandma Pam. Uh-huh. Well, uh... She spells it G-R-A-M-M-A. That's so sweet. And she could do nothing. She wrong. sent me a card and my mom was like, This is not how you spell grandma. And she was like, This is how I spell it. My well, Walter, my grandpa, he spells it G A G R A M P A instead mm-hmm. of grandpa. He goes grandpa. grandpa. Yeah. More yeah. phonetically correct, I suppose. It is. But uh, I know I've told that story before, but every time I think of your uh uh distant family, I think of Miss Pam and how she's like and there's a lot of distant family to think of, so I'm I'm amazed that that's the one that I just saw that... a little silhouette approaching me in the middle of the night. And I went probably with, I am gonna die with a, <laughs> with a quilt, most likely. <laughs> I do have multiple quilts from Grandma Pam. Um, she's a great quilter. And she has such warm hands. She's a lovely. lovely she's one of those people woman. who does the double hand when she you does. shake her hands. And I went, oh my god. And she also makes you always feel like you're the funniest person that ever lived. I was smitten with her. Yeah. I'll never forget her. She's yeah. such a lovely. She's woman. a gem. Anyway, so uh, anyway, so so Uncle Uncle, Uncle Wall has passed. Is dead. Great. Uh, uh, R.I.P. And also, yikes, that's also, frightening. Also, apologies also, to... Also, I guess my mom, like, knows before it happened or whatever. My condolences to your family, also. Oh, th- oh thank you. Appreciate that. Um, and so apparently, we're just going to, I guess, tell what happened here. Yeah. Is we got on a Zoom call the other day, and um, the 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 lovely people at Cast Studios who were helping, you know, produce and like record us on zoom since we're incompetent we're like hey something happened and i went i don't want to i don't want to know because it doesn't sound like it's good and they were like well you know we were gonna put a cute like logo of yours on the wall where we put all the podcasts you know and they have like we've seen it a million times and i was like yeah it's the first wall you walk past when you come into the studio it's lovely like they have all the logos up in like black frames looks great and they were like, we put yours up, and then pretty quickly, it immediately fell on the ground and shattered everywhere. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> that's a bummer. And they were like, but then... We kept doing it, and it kept falling we off. We bought new adhesive, because we thought, well, maybe it was the adhesive. We bought new adhesive, put it up, 
same thing just shattered all over the ground but and every other every other logo there the frames have always stayed up it's like and there was something that was there before our show so like it's not like that part of the wall won't hold anything. it's very weird because it's all just the, we're us, us trying to put ours up it just keeps coming and there are down. new ones on there where i'm like well they probably came up like around the same time and they they're staying we came in and our logo is like not just in a frame and still on the counter aggressively like, missing and there's like multiple copies because they're probably like well <laughs> who knows how many are going to be we destroyed don't even try hanging this so label. i said why don't you leave some gin out because you never know if it, if Walt's just annoyed or I don't know right. who, whoever any of the Walt's really um so you know like maybe leave some booze out like will that help I don't know but apparently we're cursed which like what a shock not um so I don't know how to cleanse anything which is exactly why I'm not going to do it because I'll probably do the opposite I, we should just uh start making it more and more difficult like just like nail it into the wall and see if that goes fine Uh aha well em was actually setting up the apartment and was like btw i think something is here and i was like oh i know something is here super not fun and uh and i was like yeah so i was like hanging stuff up like you know our demon house signed poster and that's what i was trying to hang up oh great i knew i knew it too because i was like that was the wall you were pointing at that's i didn't even put that together. and what happened i was so it was if you didn't listen to the last episode then go um, listen because it's oh. it's a doozy it's it was Ooh. our halloween special but uh yeah so this whole last month before christine got here i have been surprising her unbeknownst to her no and i was unbeknownst uh setting up our entire apartment and making it like livable and uh, make it look like a home versus a lodging like situation. a place where the the person coming to maintenance people don't come in and go i think we need to call the authorities I no don't but know. we did have a maintenance person come in the other day who said it was like the nicest he cleanest. said it was the cleanest apartment he's ever been in and, and I, he's like how do you do it and i was like well i don't live here like <laughs> i swiffered the four 25 times. <laughs> 25 days of the month that's that helps We've have had everything just kind of leaning against walls and not nothing had been hung up. We were basically it looked like a squatting situation. It's very in transition mode. It like, was really like it was. I mean, to be completely hit. direct and like upfront, it was. Uh, we moved in the week before quarantine and then didn't go back uh, to like decorate anything. So everything just remained on the ground from when we brought it in in boxes. So everything stayed in boxes. Yeah. And so I was actually like hanging things on walls and all that. And I nailed, I guess, the Demon House poster, which I also just mentioned in the last episode. Yep. Um, I was nailing that into the wall. And I was, I worked really hard on it um, just to give myself a little pat on the, I worked really, really hard on uh, making the apartment look nice to surprise Christine with. And uh, so I was, don't worry about I, it. I was up until like four in the morning sometimes at this apartment and I was just too tired to go home. So I would just crash there. And we didn't have a bed made yet or anything, and the air mattress was deflated. So I literally slept on <laughs> our tiny little couch it's in like this a empty love seat, room. By the way, it's like a love seat. I like fetal positioned, and I didn't have a blanket or anything. I just like used like like my sweatshirt to like. We cuddle used up like t- old t-shirts of ours, like, and that's where we drink t-shirts. <laughs> and so I was falling asleep after I had nailed stuff in one day. I had put the nails in the walls, but I hadn't hung anything up yet. And in the middle of the night, I was trying to fall asleep, and all of a sudden, I saw something like kind of shiny, like it looked like a little piece of metal or something had like, uh, like flit across my eyes. Like I just kind of saw something in passing. Oh, you saw it like in movement. I saw it oh, in I movement. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, it looked like a staple had been thrown or something. I was like, oh, it's really tiny and metal and shiny. And I saw something move. And then I heard clink, clink, clink on the hardwood oh, floor. Good. And I was like, what the hell was that? And I knew that I had just put nails in the walls. And all of a sudden, I heard, I felt something standing behind me. Oh, great. Here we go. And I just... I kept my eyes wide open and I went, um, I can't believe I, you opened your eyes. I would immediately I close like, mine. 
I sense you. I, I, you, I acknowledge you, but I am trying to sleep. Please leave me alone. And it stayed with me for like a half an hour. But the next morning I got up and I looked at the walls and one of the holes didn't have a nail anymore, which means it got taken out of the, the wall weird thing and is, flew. If it flew across your vision, then it was like, it didn't fall and like bounce. It flew across the it room. It flew across, like, I, if I was sleeping, like, I mean, if you're watching the camera, you can see me. The nail was all the way over here. I couldn't see it. And it went all the way across the room in front of and me. And then it's, clinked. And then clinked. So Yikes. it didn't like fall because of gravity and I didn't nail it in properly. So I was like, great. So it they don't want you flu. hanging stuff up. Now there's 4,000 things hanging up. and <laughs> Something is throwing nails on I'm us. I'm alone now. Great. Super <laughs> duper duper. So anyway. And it happened to be the Demon House poster that has been in Zach's haunted mansion. Super duper duper duper. So anyway, point being, apparently we're cursed and that's fun for us. Also, uh, more information. Everyone's probably like, yeah, we know. We thought we all knew that. Uh, We just mentioned this in the last episode too, but as of fingers crossed yesterday, if everything goes well, it's yesterday. Um, We now have new merch for you. Yes. Um, We have uh, five brand new designs, all from uh, Work Kirk. They are, like, he's just so talented. Uh, I probably, by now, own every single one We're going to, like, go on the website and buy all of them, like, big weirdos. Yeah. Also, uh, we got new accessories for you guys. We got wine glasses. Mm -hmm. We got coasters. Those wine glasses have been in high demand for a long time, so. Also, we are... um, Oh, coasters, yeah. Yeah. (gasps) Of the same designs as the shirts, I think, too. So there's a variety pack happening. Oh, I'm so excited. Is there anything else we have to say? I think that's... I have one more thing. Okay. Wow, so much news for you guys. Love when M says, do we have anything to say? Let me say this. <laughs> no, uh, I wanted to remind everyone, if you are not part of our newsletter, please oh, join. yes. We, um, for those of you who have joined as of yesterday, um, you have the October newsletter. And I just talked to Eva, so I do know this one for sure, um, that the... In that newsletter, we have announced all of our winners for our Halloween pet costume oh my contest. Apparently, we're getting a lot of entries. Eva said in the last two days, we got like 60, 60 of them. So In um, just two days. And that's not counting all the other weeks that this has been active. So, who? I mean, we have such a, a, a backlog. Maybe we just do like a pet every month at this point. <laughs> I mean, maybe we just keep putting pets in costumes. Maybe it's our newsletter like... is just a big chart every every month of animals. I love that. Jess, but who it... makes the newsletter, is like, please, that's not what I actually want to do. But no, no, no. But if you wanted to see the October one and get a look at some of our favorites, um, then you, if you've already joined the newsletter, you've seen that. If you have, if you are part of the newsletter and you haven't seen it, it might be in your spam folder. So check it's that out. It's usually in promotions, just to be clear. I, it's hard to find because sometimes it gets in the, all the, um, like retail emails, mm. but it should be in your promotions folder if you're on Gmail. Um, if you want to sign up, you can go to, and that's where we drink.com. And it's, I think at the bottom, there's like a little form to fill out. Yes. To sign up. Um, it's it, it really, like pops up right away. I, that's how I signed up. Yeah, it does <laughs> pop up. But if you're like on mobile, it's at, I don't think mm. it. Pop, I don't know if gotcha. it pops up, but it, there is also a form at the bottom of the homepage if you don't get a chance to. Sorry, do I was thinking desktop. Up. But yeah, but yeah, so it's really fun. It's really good. Like I'm just so honored really that great. Jess is making this yeah. for us, and like you know, she reached out to us and was like, "Hey, let's do you want to do this project?" And we were like, uh, "Hell yeah, that's a winner right that's, there. That's it. We're in." So anyway, it's very good, and we're just really proud of it. Even though we don't do it, we just watch it happen. 
Yes. Uh, it's great. It's great stuff. Anyway, hope everyone had a great spooky season. And also today is a double whammy because you get your listeners episode also. Oh, that's right. It's the first of every month. If you would like to uh, have your story in the running for future episodes, you can also do that on our website. We mm-hmm. have submission forms for that, as well as story suggestion uh, boxes. So if you have a story you want us to cover, you can also go to our website and put that in there. Yes. Just throwing, just while we're there and saying everything. There you go. Just do it all. Okay. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Moving on to my story Yay. because I, I know we've talked a lot and it's time for a We a have tale. cheesecake to eat after this, so... We sure do. We already had Eva put in the reservation. <laughs> so let's get going. Um, so I know it's November 1st, but we are already... Not even 24 hours ago with Halloween. Yes. So I'm just saying, I decided to do a double spooky. Mine's a little bit Halloween-y too, so... Oh, good. Just okay. in case. So um, this is a, uh, a story I've wanted to cover for a while, but it is a... I think it's... A very daunting topic. Oh. So uh, this is one version of it, and I'll probably come back to this topic from a different perspective in the future. So this is just the inspiration 
for Frankenstein. Oh, okay. That's cool. So I wanted to cover, I mean, I've thought about it for a long time. I'm like, I really want to do Frankenstein. But then it's like, do I cover like all the ways Frankenstein's ever been told? Do I cover like the novel, the novelty <laughs> of it, the, you know, how, like, oh, like I, meant the the, rise. I meant the novel novel. Oh like, no. The like, book. <laughs> that's another one too. Or like the, the fame of it, like, right. you know, what, what makes it so popular? There's so many ways I could cover it and it would take so many episodes. So Instead, I'm just going to go with its inception and even before the novel. I'm going to talk about the history behind Mary Shelley's mm-hmm. in, like uh, thought process Fun. behind the book. So I was like, I don't know where to start. Let's just do it chronologically and start even before the book happened. So, um, yes, yeah, so this is the inspiration for Frankenstein. So uh, Frankenstein did start as a novel written by Mary Shelley, who was a teenager in 1818 oh fun fact what a fun time to be a teenager i bet what a fun time also i'm just saying that because it's like i'm could not write a book as a teenager so (laughs) well done to mary shelley oh she wrote the book as a teenager yeah i just thought you were saying in 1818 she was a teenager i was like (laughs) that's cool in 2003 i was a teenager there's a podcast called and that's why we drink and uh the co-hosts are teenagers in (laughs) 2010 yeah was i we were not 2007 it's like nice try though i was in 2010 i graduated high school um okay so the novel was written by mary shelley as a teenager in 1818. Wow. Um, so two years ago was the 200th anniversary. Oh, goodness. Of Frankenstein. That's fun. So the story is of Dr. Victor Frankenstein, who is a young scientist who creates a creature <laughs> in a scientific experiment. Dun, dun, dun. So fun fact, it is actually considered uh, to be the very first science fiction novel. No way. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Written by a teenager. Who Written by a teenager. Listen, teens these days, they're going to save the world. And uh, it, appa- it has very clear influences of scientific discoveries that were happening at the time. Oh. So that's where her, I don't know, I'm assuming that was her inspiration for this story. She just or- like casually researched science as a teenager. Got it. Right. Got it. Right. A woman and in 1818? I was literally just calling Patrick Stubb over and over again. <laughs> You're Glad we were on Zach the Bagans. same page. Um <laughs> But no, so I'm assuming that she just kind of heard stories of what had been happening recently and, and that just kind of stayed with her and may or may not presented itself in Frankenstein. So uh, two years before the book came out, Mary Shelley visited Switzerland with her, uh, I'm assuming, partner named Percy Shelley. Mm-hmm. Um, Percy and their, Bish Shelley, right? Her, Percy Bish Shelley, yeah. And their four-month-old son, Tenth William. Tenth grade English. Wow, that really came out of, I did not know that. <laughs> Uh, and their four-month son, William. Uh, and their... Oh, also, they went to Switzerland, not just as uh, a family, but they brought their friend, Lord Byron, yeah, casual. You know him. And uh, Byron's physician, which makes... Oh, I love that. Who named... A traveling physician that just comes with me and treats my illnesses. You know, I don't know enough historically about that but it sounds like either this guy was like always so ill he had like a caregiver and like they're for a physician or did doctors really just travel with people well i guess if your name is literally lord byron you can probably have a doctor on call at any second of your life i guess so that you know i just i think if i i mean he's a famous author too these are just all very likes if i was powerful enough to have like a personal traveling x thing i would pick like chef 
Even if well, I, certainly <laughs> like nowadays or like my who's who needs my help. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, I need a documentarian and a chef. <laughs> I need my blogger. I need like a reality TV crew. <laughs> you know, all of the above. I just for I it's it's so out of my scope that like to see like of all people you just like called well, your doctor like, and tag along. But I feel like when you tra- when you traveled back then you like went for a long time. It wasn't like you oh, just hopped on a plane a and like point. like it's not you're not hopping over. Right. I think it was like you technically moved there for a short while and then temporary stays yeah especially with these authors they would always move places and be like i'm gonna write the next great novella you're right in switzerland i guess you answered my questions good well done it's probably all bs but no it it all checks out you never know so uh so two years before this is when they went to switzerland with the doctor that i'm so fixated on um (laughs) this was the year 1816 which was also known as the year without a summer what so oh. that's because uh, it was the beginning of a three-year period of severe climate deterioration no on a global scope. Way. Um, it was caused by the eruption of Mount Tambora in <gasps> Indonesia. Oh my goodness! And it brought so much rain, uh, like it just caused so much rain for that time period that people weren't going outside for their vacations anymore. People oh. were staying inside. What so, a familiar. I mean, tune that is what a familiar tune that the climate is deteriorating at a rapid rate and everyone's inside and not enjoying their summer and i want to travel with a doctor at all times yeah <laughs> yeah spot on wow this is a little too on the nose right now <laughs> um hmm. but yeah so it was called the the year without a summer because nobody was celebrating enjoying summer wow. they're all inside so um i guess this is also a year without a summer or a Halloween. It's a year without a lot of things. It's a year without going to work. Okay. Um, except working from home. The basically the group, the way that they enjoyed their non-summer because they had to be inside. This is basically what I'm alluding to is the group quarantined mm-hmm. and they did so by reading ghost stories. Oh, what? Really? Mm-hmm. How fun. So uh they read stories from the book Phantasmagoriana. Which, uh, first of all, sounds like today's version of watching Ghost Adventures. Yeah, that's a lot of words. It a also, lot of sounds. why don't we just recreate that? 200 years later, let's just read that Isn't while that we're not what we're doing right now. We're just telling it. Uh, <laughs> word for word. <laughs> Welcome to the audio, Phantasmagorium or whatever. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they were reading ghost stories out of this book while they were in Switzerland together. And Lord Byron proposed that they play a little game where they each try to tell a ghost story to each other. <gasps> And Mary Wan had the best ghost story. Well, not surprised. Um, fun fact, the physician, Dr. Pilidori, went on to write the book The Vampire. Oh. So also some Wait, success. the physician did? The physician. What is going on? <laughs> He's like, I'm a physician and also a great novelist. And also a globetrotter. Um, What's happening? So as she already, uh, or not as she, as we already mentioned, um, Frankenstein was originally inspired by... Shelley, it all started from her traveling to Switzerland um, at this time. And she, while she was there, she stopped in uh, Gernsheim. Gernsheim? Oh, are you looking at me? Like I, I think it's in Germany. Know. I think. I don't know. Are, isn't it? It's not in Switzerland? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know why I'm telling myself German. It just, look. It, the word itself looks a lot like Germany. So I think I'm telling myself. Well, they speak like German. German and French and, you know. Well, she stopped there. Okay. She, and uh, <laughs> and she, apparently she walked across the sign that, she, that said she was only 17 kilometers away from Frankenstein's castle. And, what? Uh, and it was originally uh, 
the home of an alchemist called Conrad Dippel. That was his name. Oh, that sounds Dippel. German. And Dippel was uh, interested in very similar experiments to her version of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, Dippel experimented with this. He made this elixir called Dippel's Oil. And it was supposed to make people live for a hundred years. Okay. Um, which I feel like there were a lot of elixirs <laughs> cool, cool, back cool. in the day, like fountain of youth elixirs. It's just like mer- mercury. Probably. Yes. Yeah. And uh, also Dipple liked to dig up bodies from graves and, and those would be the bodies he experimented Fun. on. Fun. So I think that was also part of the inspiration of, oh, while I'm traveling, what's Frankenstein's castle? Oh, it's the home of this guy who used to dig up bodies and experiment on them? Yeah, very good point. Yeah. So that's prob- probably one of the it inspirations. something to do with it. Also, she had just won this, like, friendly little ghost story contest. So she had her confidence she, boosted. Her ego's up there. She was quarantined and had nothing to do. So she found a hobby. Sound there was familiar? No, I don't think, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think TikTok had been invented. Not yeah. yet. But the new uh, Mary Shelley might be out there right now writing the next Frankenstein because we're all quarantined and maybe and listening to our podcast and getting in- inspo. Yeah, well, to put us is somewhere in there. Okay. Just only mention lemon. Just put us in there. Just say the word lemon and one day when our children read it in English class and they see lemon, they'll have to like do an essay on and ana- analyze why lemon was mentioned. What? Did you never have that, that in a million? Yeah, but I'm just trying to follow your thought process, I guess. Why did I? We had to read. What did we have to read in English class? It was... You know how this is like quite a sweeping generalization, but you know how uh, there's the trope that English teachers will find like some random fucking thing in a book and then all of a sudden you have to like focus on that and analyze it for yes. the entire class. Yes. I like to think lemon would be that in the future. Like why is there a lemon? And it's like there's literally no reason except Christine found it under her bed. I'm trying to remember what ours was. It was something so stu- I mean, maybe I'm just like bad at English and it's actually a very legitimate You're going to be like, it was so stupid. It was called like... No, it was like Heights. every time that like you saw a tree or they mentioned a tree in like that chapter, it was supposed to like mean a ne- the next step of personal growth. What was this book? What? It was so fucking vague. The Giving Tree. <laughs> no, that would have been hysterical. <laughs> no. Every time a tree is mentioned, The Giving Tree. <laughs> oh, um, I like that class. That's what I want to take. Anyway, I just, I immediately like rapid fire thought of like, think of the uh, poor children who will have to write an analysis piece on Lemon if it's mentioned in the next famous the horror great, movie the next great novel <laughs> yes that i will write about lemon yes oh yeah yeah okay so anyway um another fun fact although this book was sci-fi um mary shelley's novel is very much grounded in her uh research mm. so uh apparently she was interested even back then in like uh up-and-coming technology for like electricity and things i mean that was like the, the hot the hot button item back TikTok then. TikTok coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so re- her own research dated back to like the 1700s. I Whoa. think it was probably just like, you know, the thing that you did then. So here are some common Frankenstein misconceptions. Oh. Um, just to clear these up before I carry on. So Victor Frankenstein was the name of the doctor. Frankenstein is not the name of the monster. It's like every douchey dude at a party. Okay, it's maybe like, just the parties I went to, but they're like... It's actually Dr. Frankenstein's monster. Everyone named Brad is like, I'm Frankenstein. I studied it's English. Like- oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> I'm thinking of the guy who's like, actually? Well, actually. I would like Brad, who's dressed as the monster, to approach the English lit major to right. be like, mm, that's not well, Frankenstein. I'm going to call Simon, I think. We'll see. Oh, yeah. I like that. Maybe? I think you're being inspired by the chipmunks because Simon was for sure the nerd of the group. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's probably what's happening. Subconsciously. 
Um, so, wow, we're really throwing oh, God, every help. fucking curveball today, aren't we? What's going on? I think it's it's the cheesecake fever. I think this, so we, I shouldn't have mentioned it. We just get hungry and then our brains just collapse like a dying star. <laughs> okay. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes, to toys, to vibrators, to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink okay so uh frankenstein was the doctor the actual green monster with the bolts in the neck that you are familiar with was just referred to as the creature oh um dr frankenstein did you read it in high school uh no well, we read it in high school, I think, but I like barely remember. Or maybe I didn't read it. I just pretended. I read things about trees and personal. That's growth, right. You did remember? read The Giving Tree a lot. I heard. <sighs> Gross. <laughs> the Giving Tree. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so Doctor Frankenstein actually intended to um, make the creature beautiful. Really? Picture? Yep. Um, cool. But uh, he he did so by picking beautiful body parts from others who were who had those beautiful body That's parts fucking morbid but he picked the beautiful body parts of dead people right and so it ended up not looking ended too beautiful a model oh. look pretty decrepit and well awful. yeah so, i would think maybe uh and this is my favorite fun fact that i did not know before last night um this is my favorite misconception and reality of frankenstein apparently 
I mean, I knew this part, but as portrayed, the creature in any Frankenstein movie or whatever always moves very slowly. But apparently the original Frankenstein book, the creature almost always sprints everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I hate that. I have to put my sleeves down. I'm getting creeped out. That was my favorite thing. I was reading. I was reading and I went. Oh my god! That is like, like that's star- it's startling. Really, it is startling. <laughs> Imagine this like giant creature made out of human body parts who's supposed to be beautiful sprinting. I'm just at seeing you. a bunch of trees of personal growth, and he's like flitting, <laughs> just darting between them. Between them, yeah. <sighs> Yikes! Oh my gosh! Um, if you're an English teacher, make someone listen to this episode and no, try please. to analyze us. They're gonna, sue and then us. they'll become psych majors. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, so in 1931 was the first real Frankenstein film. Um, starring Bor- uh, Boris Karloff, and that movie was the uh, that was the one that solidified everyone's mm. perception of what Frankenstein should look like. Got so it. that was like the green skin, bolts in the neck, that kind of thing. Oh, true. Because um, didn't he not have green skin in the book? I think he was he was literally like made out of dead bodies. Yeah, so I think there was no mention of that, and then the movie like cre- yeah created that idea. I wonder. I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to pretend this is a fun fact. And if I'm wrong, I'll correct myself later. But I wonder if it was because it was a black and white movie. Well, it, and I think that was exactly what it was. Yeah, it, it was green. There was something about the paint that had to be used or was like part of right. the set. Like or the whatever. green maybe looked made, maybe made him look a little more there, dead or something. I know. I, I mean, you're definitely right. Am there, I right? There was a fun fact about that and I don't know it. So I'm not going to try and say it. But it was something like that where they used it and then. Not really intending to make it like a... and Oh, that's what it was. Oh, I am remembering this. It was because then the movie poster came out and that was in color. That's what it was. And the, everyone saw it and was green. Yes. That's it. That's what it was. Because uh-huh. I was like, it was in black and white. The movie was. I remember this now because last time I talked about this, I was telling you to Google image the Adams Family set because everything that's is pink. Right. Yep. Because the colors in it's the black the, and white change. They use the different hues. shades yeah. of pink to show different black and white shades in their... It's just funny because it's like such a juxtaposition of like they're the spooky dark Halloween haunted house, it's but really everything funny. is so like bright and happy. That's right. So yeah, they didn't even intend for the green to be part of it, and then it was in the poster, and that's what yes. it was. Wow. Okay. Wow. We pieced together our own fun facts. Everyone's like, "Good job, guys." <laughs> Everyone's like, "You have already talked about this." Oh my god. It's like what happened with Xenon a little bit. Like she's green. And no one anticipated that they would ever have to see her, and yet I didn't plan here. for this really when I, you know, all you did was paint your hand and throw some googly eyes on her and now that's not all i did now she's a legend i imbued magic into that very being (laughs) Uh, she's a legend yet to us and like no one else (laughs) to me she is so to this day frankenstein uh adjacent stories actually pop up i would call them more zombie stories pop up and like um even modern day news of like remember a few years ago the guy that like was on like uh um smelling salts and like ate someone's face oh off i hate that. that story it was fucking terrible yeah. and then um uh, bath salts bath salts that's what it was and then in 2013 apparently uh indiana there was a case in indiana where a man broke into a medical history museum and stole jars of human brains and <gasps> preserved human tissue Ew. um and uh one guy david charles he posted on facebook saying quote tell me if this doesn't sound like a 21 year old Yo, I got a but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo. Whoa. But imagine this being a legitimate face- Facebook post that you saw. Dear God. Yo, I got a bunch of human brains and jars for sale. 
HMU for details. You know you want one for Halloween. Ew! And then investigators ended up looking into it and found 80 jars, including 60 from his best customer. Uh, Wait, what? Including uh, sixty from his best customer, so I'm assuming like eight, like sixty jars of like human remains. His best customer? What does that mean? Like probably got the most remains off of him. Like the, the customer was buying them from him. No, like the body is like considered his best. Cu- like, <gasps> like it's like oh, this is this was my best customer. I got the most like tissue and oh, brains and remains. But on it's him. like the same brain, <laughs> just multiple pieces of it. Brains and human tissue. Got it. Okay. 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 Like, it's like, how many brains did this guy have? Wow. 60 brains. He that was, was the just, smartest man alive. Jeez. He was Jimmy Neutron. Um, oh, my but, God. No wonder he's the best customer. But no, like, I guess they had, like, this one body just, like, and took literally every part of him off and put it in jars. And they're like, oh, this is my best one. Cute. Take something off. Fun. Um, so, so cute. So fun. So gross. And he also had, he had 80 jars in total. So there were also other brains <sighs> there. And he was selling them at $100 per brain. <clears throat> so apparently your entire on being Facebook is market worth hundred dollars on Facebook marketplace BTW it was uh uncertain who these people who the people were that were buying these but this was a quote legitimate business that was happening for a while um not legally legitimate but it was like legitimately happening Ugh. um not legal right <laughs> and uh don't be mistaken but so there there was uh some tabloids that called him like like today's Frankenstein because right. he was find, taking bodies and using them for uh, unsavory practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in the 1700s... Oh, no, sorry. I messed up. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, that was it. Good for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. So in the 1700s, this is going to be... Uh, we're going to take this ride now. I was giving you some little blips, but this is mainly... The, where the inspiration fully begins and okay. really comes from. So this is actually, she wrote the book in 1880 or 1818, sorry. But the real beginning of, um, so her inspiration came from the stories of people using human cadavers for experiments and not very legally. And all of that really began in the 1700s. Got it. So this is really, I'm saying this is the inspiration for Frankenstein, but really this is the history of bodies being used for uh, for experiments, um, which led to the Frankenstein book, which led to Frankenstein's um, novelty. Which led to the guy on Facebook, Marketplace. Exactly. Got it. David Charles in 2013. It it all stemmed from the 1700s. You up? W-Y-U. You know you want it for Halloween. So uh, in the 1700s, there was a priest and a professor at Pavia University, and his name was Lazaro Lazaro Spallanzani. Ooh, what a name. He noticed, so he was a scientist, and he uh, noticed that some dead microscopic cells seemed to come back to life after you added water to them. Okay. Okay. Fine. So... He, his interest was piqued. That much I can get behind. And he became obsessed with the idea of reanimating dead tissue <gasps> and was convinced that it was possible because he had seen dead cells come back to life. So why not dead tissues? Sure. Um, so he, his buddy, Voltaire. Oh, shit. Why would, <laughs> they're all friends, these people. It's like the entertainment industry. Yeah. Like I've heard people be like, oh, once you know one person, you know everyone. Well, apparently once you know like Voltaire, like, like Lord Byron shows Lord up Byron with his shows doctor. Up with his doctor, who also wrote The Vampire. Oh, exactly. What the hell? And then Mary Shelley pops up in 1818. So he went to his friend Voltaire. And Voltaire was like, 
that sounds cool trying to reanimate dead tissue i encourage that you should you know live your dream do mm. do your thing such a voltaire thing to say yeah so after getting uh some good encouragement from his buddy he moved forward with these experiments which included Uh-oh. uh cutting the heads off of snails well that's not very nice to see if they'd grow back well that's not very nice this definitely gets a little oh, shit. animal abusey. no um i can't do that i.e cutting heads off of snails okay is that the extent of it for now I'll warn you when it gets bad. For okay. now, just enjoy the story. Okay. Do your best. Okay. Uh, do your best. You'll look alive. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, thanks, <laughs> Sorry. Dad. Sorry. I, that was like so okay, hard. Okay, coach, put me in, I guess. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm reading the notes, so here we go. <laughs> um, so Lazaro, the guy who's friends with Voltaire and wants to start doing this stuff, his research led him to discover chemicals in the body that actually do aid in digestion, and he made some really... Um, wonderful uh, observations about white blood cells. So by doing, I'm not saying like it's great that he cut the heads off of snails, but like he also did have like some real scientific. Interesting. um, Findings. Discoveries where she was like, I don't care about that. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. White blood cells. But really like, let's talk about the snails. (laughs) Um, So fun fact, someone else who was interested in uh, looking, who's like researching resurrection is uh, Isaac Newton. Oh, um, that's just a little blip. I don't talk about him thing. again. <laughs> but the the main person I'm going to talk about who was inspired by Lazaro, probably heard Isaac Newton was into it, so he jumped on board, was this guy named Giovanni. Oh, Giovanni Aldini. And he was the nephew of Luigi Galvani. I love all these Italians. I can't keep up with them. I, <laughs> they're everywhere. Uh, so I don't know who Luigi Galvani is, but... A, That's a very familiar name to me, but I don't know Apparently why. in the scientific community, this is a name that... They're all ripping their hair up. Got yeah, it, yeah, got yeah. it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, so I, I did write it down that Luigi was a pioneer in science and experimented on dead frogs. So he was probably like the uh, inception for like dissecting frogs in My science My advanced class. biology class of ninth grade. Yep. Great. I can still smell the uh, formaldehyde. The, the formaldehyde on those frogs. It's, it, me too. It's like it's like permanently a, in my nostrils. Yeah, it's stuck in my brain forever. Also, like let's stop doing that, uh-huh. teachers. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, and the, they're actually so Luigi Galvani. He the term galvanism comes from him. Mm. So uh, okay. he discovered that it wasn't possible. So this is going to sound really stupid, but like at the time it was revolutionary uh, for somehow. Luigi also discovered that it wasn't possible to breathe new life into dead creatures. Okay? That it was impossible. It was impossible. You said it was possible, and I was like, yeah, that's obvious, um, I guess. But if you directed an electrical current through their spinal cord, uh-huh. it would cause them to twitch as if they were alive. Like with the... Fr- yeah, okay, got it. Got Which, it, got like, it. is... Ew. Again, it was revolutionary for the time. <sighs> okay. Imagine a time where, like, no science had been discovered and you could just come up with anything and it's, like, you... Well, and nobody was fucking, like, monitoring it. You could literally just be like, (laughs) I'm just going to take frogs and dead people and, like, see what happens. And also, I'm going to be famous someday for it. Exactly. Nowadays, you try to sell one brain on Facebook and suddenly you're a criminal. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. My ancestors would not mind. (laughs) Right, right, right. Also, I love that you keep calling him Luigi instead of, like, you know, his famous science last name i imagine i just only know i can it's like i know i can call- pronounce luigi yeah i've played on I mario figured- kart i can pronounce luigi <laughs> um it's like calling isaac newton like isaac over <laughs> the big eye so 
Anyway, so uh, that's what Luigi is up to. So he <laughs> he learned that if you put an electric current through a, the spinal cord, then you will twitch as if you are alive. And in some really extreme cases, he actually was able to bring frogs back to life. I think it was probably only momentarily, though. Or like maybe they weren't fully it was, dead yet. Right. It was either they weren't dead or I'm assuming it was even like, you know how like to the like in hospitals like people will die but then it looks like they're alive for a second and then they actually die oh imagine maybe that's what it was there's a word for that too i think but i don't remember it scary as fuck yeah that's probably i think that's the official science term that's what the nurses say Mm -hmm. okay so okay so the main story that i'm going to tell is about his nephew giovanni oh that's your nephew Yes, the sweet babu was my nephew. This Gio, I don't know if you're going to love so much. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So he was influenced by his uncle's work, followed in his footsteps, and he did an experiment where he took a jar, <sighs> which had been charged with a, a current, and I'm going to assume all of these animals were already dead. I don't want to know the, the pre-story. I'm going to assume he like just went to a butcher and was like, that th- I want that one that's already on the counter. Sure. Um, so he had an ox's head. Okay. And charged it up with this current, which made it um, move around as if it was alive. So he was kind of like confirming his uncle's findings. Got it. Um, He also, you know, could not completely reanimate the dead, but he could make them look somewhat alive. And that for its time was more than what you would have expected. Um, Let's remember if these were women and it was the 1600s and we were in Salem, it well, wouldn't be considered science. Um, if you like didn't, if you even went to the butcher, they'd be like, <laughs> I, want an, I want an ox head. I don't want to tell you what it's for, though. Mm-mm. Also, maybe it'll be alive by tomorrow. Also, well, like, what would have happened if it was, if it alive, was alive and it didn't well, have a fucking body? Well, but see, it makes body. sense that you would use only the head because if it came alive and, like, murdered you with its, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's more dangerous if you have its legs attached. Right. Okay, so... Uh, Soon, he stopped testing on frogs and moved to humans. Um, one of his first experiments, uh, and oxes also, oxen. Yeah. He went straight to humans. One of his first experiments was a procedure on a uh, 30-year-old man. Uh, and G, I wrote Geo. Geo. <laughs> Big G. Yikes. He uh, made an incision on the man's neck. And- Is this guy dead? Yeah. Okay, thank God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Just to clarify. Uh, made an incision on the man's neck and then, like, with a used a current. It was probably, like, a prod or something. Yeah. Um, And this caused, quote, every muscle on the body to immediately <gasps> agitate um, with movements resembling shuddering from the cold. So, <gasps> I mean. Like twitching, sort of. Yeah. Which, like, I guess, again, we all know that that is a thing now, but back then was probably the coolest thing. It must be scary back, like, to even... I would be scary to me now. Imagine the first time you put a prod to a dead person and they're moving. Their eyes open. Like, ah! No, for real, their tongue moves really? Like, <laughs> like, oh, no. Holy shit, I'm so sorry. I regret everything. <laughs> um, So, another fun fact. He was the most fascinated of everything that happened on this body when he did, like, the prod on it. He was the most fascinated by the eyelids. Um, I, that, I mean... Yeah. I imagine they're like fluttering a lot or something. Because that makes you really look alive if your eyes are blinking or whatever. Ugh. Right. Also, like the eyes are the window to the soul. So maybe if you're all of a sudden seeing the you eyes open, yeah. it looks more alive. Yeah. Can I ask a, what happened to. What happened to. Oh, oh, oh. Down there. I don't know. But I would imagine. I it, was winking. I would imagine it. it um, well, I wasn't winking. I was trying to. I heard. I saw it. I did for the, our audience. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To clarify what, what that silence was. I would imagine it um, became functioning again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think it. Really? I think it. I would think if everything's going into like rigor mortis. Right? 
if everything's like tensing up boy oh or boy. there's blood flow see i thought that's where you were going with he was most fascinated by because i'm like that's oh what i'm most i mean we're all most fascinated about that one. Just, i didn't get an answer but i would am, i would have a hypothesis that it would at least momentarily scientists our hypothesis for science i would want to know i would think it probably yeah that makes sense reacted the same way everything else did it, it at least shook around a lot yeah <laughs> yikes um yeah, it got some a- some movement it got way. some movement. A little action yeah, yeah i would imagine if there's like i don't know if it's like really like it's rigor or anything but huh. i don't know that's a great question okay. we should we should find a cadaver and, and do that then, we should obviously. certainly not do that if someone does know please let us know if you um <laughs> if you use a cattle prod on a cadaver don't we'll... tell us why you know or how you found out exactly thank you um okay so yeah he was most interested in the eyelids fun fact um he then went further and graduated to applying the current to fresh decapitated heads cool of criminals great i don't know how he is getting them how on pre-decapitated or is he decapitating them? Where is he getting them? How does he know oh, they're criminals? Interesting. I don't know. No, you're probably right. He probably... Did he have to cut that off? They're either guillotined or he takes the bodies and cuts their heads off. He's not going to the butcher for that. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Yikes. But Plus, butcher is Leatherface. That's a scary... <laughs> that's a scary thought. Yeah. I don't know how he's getting them. And I don't know how he... Like, what defines a criminal? Like, was this person in, in oh, jail well, and... You know, having a menstrual cycle that's out of whack back uh-huh, then. Uh-huh. There's a lot of things that could send you to, you know prison or jail or also asylum. were they also were they had they died be, had they already died or did he find like i assume like, they were like, dead was there bodies. a list i like, wonder like if it were you know how sometimes they have like paupers graves where like they don't know who they are or, like uh, yeah a lot of times if they're is it, they just like kind of put them outside i wonder if they were like sure. here i guess we don't want to bury we don't have you know the time to bury him you can cut his head off <laughs> you do it Ugh. so he uh went further and instead of just working on a cadaver he went specifically to fresh decapitated heads so i guess he must have cut them himself at they're least they're f- fresh he knows they're fresh which means he knows when they were cut good point. up right yeah um so he did this by wetting their ears with a brine solution and then stuffing electric wires Ugh. into their ears causing their heads to convulse ew uh ew. yep so in 1803, uh, he, Giovanni, made his most memorable experiment in England at London's Royal College of Surgeons. Oh. Um, he did another electricity test on a cadaver named George Foster, um, who had been hanged after murdering his wife and child. Oh, dear. So this is almost like a Dexter Robin Hood kind of thing, where I think he's excusing <laughs> any any foul play experiments it's probably easy like, to be like well well he was a murderer what do you want to do with him i feel least bad about it this way yeah like if we're gonna learn science i guess at least it's on someone who people? i don't someone know who's decapitated it's, it's after all very great, questionable still um so <sighs> he used this cadaver um to do an electricity test there and it was done on stage for the public so everyone could see it and they all saw this cadaver's eyes open jaw move Hands raise and fists clench. <gasps> Looks pretty fucking alive. Yeah, that's frightening. Also, keep in mind, we are telling the story of the inspiration of Frankenstein. That's making a lot of that sense. That all sounds exactly like some Frankenstein shit. Yeah. Like, especially like the, the thing in Frankenstein where like he's lying on the table and, and then his, his hands go up. Oh, you know, the wildest part is I heard he also ran around really fast on the stage. I also heard that his, his little ding dong moved around a lot oh, too. Oh, I did hear about that Uh-oh. in the original 1934 film. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> it was green. 
It was very green, is what I heard. Ooh, now, I to, now I'm thinking of, you know, Renee and Shrek. Oh, no. Oh, no. Called out. <laughs> Good thing she does not listen you to You know this. what's weird? Apparently, she's not alone. There's like a whole no. oh, trust community me. of In people fact, who are very sexually aroused by Shrek. She really told me. Or recent- sexually curious about Shrek. She told me very recently that she's no longer interested because she's like, everyone ruined it by like making it a, a big thing and a joke. And she's like. It's not fun to be, like, now a part of a fucking, like, you know, group. She just genuinely. She wanted to be original, and then, like, everybody else tried to hop on the wa- Shrek wagon. Did she think that Shrek was actually I think attractive? she just knew how much it really irritated me and everybody. Because I understand the curiosity of, like, what would that look like? Yeah, but they but would, I like, don't, I don't, Photoshop, like, buff bods to it. It wasn't like, oh. <laughs> Shrek is the new Frankenstein. It's so heinous. Have, I'm sorry. It's just the, the fully Why do you one. always somehow get me to talk about this? <laughs> it makes me so happy. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so here we are. Uh, where is that? Oh, right here. Okay, so everyone basically saw what I would consider the very first, like, kind of um, uh, generic Frankenstein motions of, like, coming off of a table and raising your arms up and clenching a fist and moving around a little bit running around fast. and so pe- sprinting <laughs> running around streaking um <laughs> <laughs> and so uh people like f- obviously freaked out when they saw us never seen anything like it it was a dead body um it's a dead fucking body it's a dead fucking body megan. says megan from the very back <laughs> she was he like doesn't even go no here. she for sure got a front row seat are you kidding <laughs> oh my god she's megan so uh he actually won an award from the royal college of surgeons at the place where he did this um he won the copley medal for his work he also realized that uh kind of useful actually pretty i would argue it's pretty useful to people who need this through these experiments he did realize that this method could also be used to resuscitate near dead people mm. and pave the way for electricity during resuscitation interesting good so point. i'm not saying everything he did was totally bad um at the same time so as he's doing this and there's like word out there that isaac newton was interested in this and like voltaire gave his mm. okay on it um the at the same time, the Royal Humane Society of London was carrying out other similar experiments. The Humane Society. Got it, got it, got it. The Royal Humane Society. Got Sorry, it. did I say Royal Human Society? No, you said humane, and I'm just trying to rationalize the word humane with all of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I may, no, I you thinking, said it correctly. Don't worry. I was thinking 40 and slip. Human would have made sense right there. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they were carrying out similar experiments with both electricity, also doing massaging, also forcing liquor down people's throats thinking that maybe that would wake them up i mean um and then the worst one the royal humane society society uh they experimented with putting tobacco smoke siphoned up people's rectums woof okay uh so they're on top of it also the medical society of south carolina soon jumped on it they just kind of like they're in the corner doing something <laughs> they're really doing something questionable uh the medical society of south carolina also started the reanimating the dead trend Fun. um and then the american medical society was realizing like wow this is like a scientific craze right now people are really trying to resurrect the dead and they were really on board and they began spreading public awareness about this okay and so they even got a law passed in 1793 which required all business owners who sold alcohol to take people in who had just died or seemed dead and to try to bring them back to life what oh my uh so, like, because they thought maybe one of the ways that they were testing with was shoving alcohol down people's throats. So, so, like, if you saw someone who was nearly dead, 
get them to drink or that something seems to really keep them up. Safe, yeah, definitely. If I'm reading that right, I'm pretty sure I'm reading that right. Uh, who knows anymore? This all feels like a real like astral projection of another world. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, 200 years later in the 1930s, um, it comes back. So that was a trend back in like the 1700s. I'm sure uh, Mary Shelley heard about it, and a lot of that was the influence of her writing. Got it. So um, now we're in the 1930s, just to keep going with this. And uh, there was, obviously now there's like rules that are more strict. And it's like, okay, you can't just like shove tobacco at people's asses. And (laughs) I know how much you want to. Um, There was one guy who I'm going to call the absolute villain of this story. Uh Uh-oh. His name is Robert Cornish. He was a uh, professor at at the University of California. Um, and he, this is the only fun thing I liked about him is he liked to design weird inventions. So one of them was like underwater glasses, which like, why are you reading anything underwater? Isn't that just goggles? No, like, is that what he invented? Like, I don't know. I don't, I think he invented like spectacles. I was like, LOL for your tea party. Did you used to do tea parties in the pool? Bottom of the pool? What? No. Oh Oh. yes. I do know what you're talking about. I was like, is that just me? Oh, (laughs) no, no. My German. For a second, I thought you meant legitimate tea. I was like, the water would go. That's like SpongeBob and like Sandy's bubble. Yeah. 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 Drink tea out of the bowl. No. Uh, no, like I know what you're talking about. Like, like gravity trying to sink Sometimes down. I and... need my spectacles for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did paper. you ever do the Spider-Man or Am I Weird? Where you would try to like be like sideways and climb the walls. Oh, the yeah. That was fun. That was fun. I also did the Tarzan a lot. My mom hated that because uh, I was obsessed with Tarzan, by the way, when I was a kid. I did not know that. It's the... I made it up. So no worries. It was the, the vacuum in the pool. I used to swing on it like it was a rope. The vacuum. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Several hundred dollar pieces of equipment. My mom was like, don't you fucking... Oh, my God. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm glad we laughed because that was it. Um, <laughs> so basically, so we're in the 1930s and experiments are starting to pop up again about uh, trying to bring uh, people back from the dead. One of the main people doing this research was Dr. Robert Cornish, who I'm going to say was not mentally well. Okay. Um, and this becomes more true crimey than anything. Great. So great, great, great. His main theory was that a dead subject could be restored back to life if the body. This is funny. I'm not going to say the dark part yet because I think this warrants a nice chuckle, um, an uncomfortable chuckle, like a nervous chuckle. Um, We're good at this. His main theory was that a dead subject could be restored back to life if the body was swung up and down rapidly on a seesaw-like <laughs> contraption <laughs> to simulate blood circulation, while at the same time being fed oxygen through a tube. And injected with a cocktail of adrenaline, liver extract, gum arabic, blood, and anticoagulants. Grotesque, by the way. So a real, like, all your nutrients cocktail while also, like, being, like, raggedy and... I mean, to be fair, our literal president said inject bleach into yourself. So, like, at this point, I'm like, why am I laughing at this guy? He probably had more... I mean, like, I understand that it doesn't sound like... I wouldn't call that my final idea but it's a great like uh, first pitch of like oh well if you shake up their blood like a <sighs> if you like move them around they might get some circulation so i just going. took the seesaw from my kids backyard pumping. from my kids playground backyard and really no i'm saying like he's like i have a seesaw I oh guess. i thought you were saying you'll try it on your seesaw I was like, yeah i have a seesaw <laughs> <laughs> i was like you just moved and you, you both have weird shit i would have not judged you but like yeah can you imagine like trying to like pump the seesaw fast on, okay enough? hang on is he on the other end of the seesaw <laughs> with the 
that fun. He's like, okay, faster. It's like the world's worst playground. Well, <laughs> it's they, literally <laughs> hell is what it is. Uh, this reminds me of, I'm not going to get into it for very long, but uh, just a real quick blip. One of the first uh, real adventures, I'm going to call it that, that Allison and I went on. You know the story all oh, too well. Yeah, well. Neither of us are I'm, fond of it. I don't love discussing it. Allison tried very hard. I'll give her that. But it was, it didn't go totally well. And let's just call it, speaking of near death experiences, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Right. Yeah. I was, for it was like a whole day adventure and it was supposed to go into the, ne- it did go into the next day. It was supposed to be like a weekend adventure. And within like the first four hours, I was scared for my I life. I literally the whole received time. a text that said, I will not have a service soon, but I might not survive this. I said, he, I sent you my, my geotag pinpoint and I told you the license plate of the unmarked van we were following in the desert. I like how you said it's an unmarked van and yet it had a license plate. I'm, I'm so convinced it was, un- I don't think that was a real license plate. I feel like that was a fake and, one. And it wasn't like a ha ha, I might die. It was like, here's was, my geolocation and I might. Might not survive. It was the only time. This isn't a joke. It was the only time I li- I looked in in the mirror. I was Allison was driving and I was in the side passenger um, seat and I looked in like the the side mirror at myself in the eyes and I had a real come to Jesus meeting and I mentally prepared to have to kill a man to, to yeah this. you were and was literally I was like, like I was preparing to I was like, fight for my life I was like I'm ready I. I've never had to look at myself and be like, are you prepared to kill someone tonight? And so and I, I spent like, like literally 24 hours just like waiting to hear if my new business partner <laughs> slash new really good friend had, and like closest friend from college it had was, just been like murdered maybe. It was so it was It was so bad. I just remember I weighed the risks. I was like, if I go to jail, I go to jail. At least I'm alive. So what does this have to do with the seesaw? Because one of the locations she took me to was uh, this place called East Jesus. That's right. East Jesus. Which is in the desert. And it's this like. And don't um, worry. There is a West Jesus, I think. No, it's a West Satan. Sorry, my bad. (laughs) There's literally a location called East Jesus and another called West Satan. And uh, East Jesus is arguably, it's very cool. I was, the only reason I didn't have the best time is because I was so on edge already from like I was just in, not in a, the right headspace, but had I been in the right headspace, it was a very cool area that she took me to. It was this like art commune, a bunch of people that they just live in the desert and they just build art. That's all they fucking do. Yeah. Um, but they make it out of scraps and whatever they can find in the desert. And so it's like just these weird art things. And they had built um, what they call, it was this exhibit that they called mother's worst nightmare playground. <laughs> And they had, it was a playground made out of, they literally had a, let me show you, I literally have the picture like right here. rusty metal. There was, a, there was a seesaw that went 12 feet in the air oh, and it was great. very loose. The screws were not was all the way Was anyone like sitting on it or was it just like a art? No, you can do all of the stuff oh, if you wanted to. It was active art, got it. Um, but they, Interactive. T- they told you immediately, they were like, you're in the desert, like we're not responsible. If you fucking die on this, let you die. Like we're not. Like we, you saw the rusty metal, right? Like that's your fall if well, you jump on it. One of them, I'm, I, I know we're in the middle of this right now, but it's worth showing you anyway. Um, okay, so here's the, the, that's why I was thinking seesaw. So first of all, here is the monkey bars. I'm just gonna hold it to you and show it to you. So it's monkey bars, literally made of saws <gasps> and torches and pitchforks and stuff. And it says, as you climb, it goes, you will die alone. <laughs> What the hell? And then here is the swings made out of bear traps and like old rusty Amethy, lawn chairs. Amethy, I really... And then here is a slide literally made of cheese graters. Okay. And they tell you it's literally a sheet metal with a bunch of 
holes stab through it. So if you were to sit on it, you would tear yourself a fucking part. And they have all of these fridges with doors that lock. So if you get stuck in there, you get fucking stuck in there in the desert. And then they had, I mean, it was, oh, here's the 12 foot seesaw. This is what I was thinking of. Who's on it? Is that you? Children are on it. No. Um. Okay. There's a reason why I literally said I hate talking about this whole experience. But okay. Anyway, I'm saying all this to say that I, when I think of like this, like ragdoll seesaw, I imagine it had to be something this tall to like be able to like really pump and like have the torque to lift a human body. Yeah, up. that's a child on there. Anyway, I was communicating. Here's the picture. I don't know. You can. We'll post that. I'll send I was those secretly to you, communicating with my eyes through the camera. Basically an SOS. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you. And that was that was like one of the safer things we did that day. No, I know. Trust me. That I, part is the fun part. Like the rest I'm of it. I'm laughing now because it was one of those things where like when I it's was there. three I was, years. When I was there, I was not laughing. No. Now I'm laughing out of like, I can't believe I'm not dead. I'm still not laughing because it just, when you came home and were like, I think I, that it just was bad. Okay, anyway. Al, literally, we, we drove back you from that. You scared me so bad. That, I know that all sounded really dramatic, but, like, it's, to me, it's now nothing compared to, like, what the rest of that fucking night was. And the whole way back, which was a three-and-a-half-hour drive, Allison was convinced I was going to break up with her. Yeah. I was, like, well, but also, like, I sh- probably should have. Well, like, you finally got service, and you were, like, and I had, like, not slept all <laughs> night being, like, I was, like, is M dead? Yeah, I guess. After that, I looked her dead in the eyes, and I was, like, you were never planning anything and was like i'm driving through the woods following an unmarked van and i think this man wants to hurt me bye i was like for the rest of our relationship i i will be the one who conducts any any uh organization or scheduling um anyway three years strong now um (laughs) (laughs) so this it's still like such a she listens to the our podcast I know she's going to hear all she's this. She's probably mad at me now. She's probably mad at me because this is such, to this day, is such a hot button topic I'm sorry, in our Al. relationship. I'm only mad because Em like sent me that scary text and then never texted me again. <laughs> she's just, I, I know she's like, she just feels bad because she wanted to plan something really weird. And I was like, oh, you planned something weird. Don't yeah, worry. Accomplish that. Anyway, let's get back to this terrible guy. Okay. Because I haven't even told you yet how terrible he is. Oh, fuck. Okay. So he believes in like this, the 12 foot seesaw thing. Um, he was convinced that it would, uh, work. And so he immediately started, uh, trying to test it out, although he didn't have access to cadavers. And I'm going to ignore all of the notes that I actually wrote because I just don't think that you are mentally interested. I appreciate that. I'm just going to say animals were involved, period. That's it. Thank you. I don't, I'm not going to tell you anymore, but let's just. If you're mad at me listening, I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't want to (laughs) know. Um, I know you don't want to know, so I'm not going to say anything. I appreciate but, that. But uh, it's it's your your worst fear realized. Let's just say that. Um, Fuck. Okay. So I will say of the um, subjects he worked on, there were five. Two of them actually did survive, and he did bring them back to life. And what's interesting paranormally about it is after they came back to life, for the rest of their lives, every other animal was, like, terrified of them for no reason. Like, Whoa. wouldn't approach them. It was almost like they had, like, something following them or they had some weird aura to them. They're probably like, you smell like that man who tries to do experiments on us. Maybe. <sighs> but it was, uh, it was very... That is eerie. It's interesting because yeah. it's almost like you've got, like, this, like, shadow of death with you. Wow, that's you know? deep. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but really, me. it's creepy. It is creepy. Um, And so, what else? Um, 
much like if I were to have given you the information that I have on here, um, the public freaked the fuck out when they found out what was happening. Thank you. And uh, to be fair, though, it was the 1930s and times were different. So he just got fired from his job, but there was no um, jail time, (laughs) even though it was incredibly warranted. Um, and he continued to do the research from his home. He was like, you can fire me, but I still have a basement and a seesaw. So bye. bingo. I still have an entire playground. So what are you gonna do about it? It's called East Jesus. It's called East Jesus. Um, it's made of cheese graters. And <laughs> as I say it, I think like, wow, what was that day about? Um, I think we like have some sort of like <laughs> gas leak in here or something. Probably. So, um, I'm almost done, but so he ended up still doing it from his home. Neighbors said that they knew what was going on. They could smell it. Okay. Woof. Um, and uh, one thing that is interesting, though, that's that's the the bad part. I'm not talking about that anymore. But in 1947, he was still doing this bullshit. And word got around, and a child murderer named Thomas McMonagall apparently was on death row and offered his own body as a cadaver oh. to be tested on later. And I only bring that up because that's the only, like, confirmation or knowledge i got about like where these cadavers are coming from the only consent as far as i can tell it's the only one with consent so far that i know of um yikes so unfortunately he got rejected no the doctor didn't want to work with him he's like i only like to do it to to animals to creatures that don't want me to do it to them who don't know what's going on sadist um but the actual reason was because he wanted the body but the his i guess like his sentence or his death row sentence was that he was going to be um killed by gas chamber and so when that happens the body has to be left alone for a certain amount of time for the gas to um fade away before you can go in and touch the body okay um and it was going to take too long like he he needed fresh 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 fresh, like within minutes fresh um so he rejected him and said no thank you also when you think about it too um, there's the moral dilemma of like, what would have happened if he actually brought him back to life? And I've heard this moral dilemma before, but if someone's on death row and then they die and come back to life, do you put them back in jail or did they already have their Served life their sentence time and they died? Right. Cause it was a, or like if they had a life That's sentence. That's a weird technicality cause they were yeah. executed. They did die. That was their whole life. So now that they have, they punishment. just happen to have a second life. Are you going to punish them twice for, wow. you know, that is a weird thought so that was one of his excuses it's almost like if he he were writing like an email today and like trying to like softly reject and be like really there's a moral dilemma here so i just think we should kind of tap out there were so many great candidates yeah it wasn't you it was just the dilemma i can probably recite those emails like by heart at this point (laughs) so ultimately he never got his chance to actually bring a person back from the dead um (laughs) he stopped his research and started selling toothpaste and then died in the 60s that's his whole story um i hope his last name was not actually like crest or something oh boy because i would really hate to be colgate spending money his name cole something colberg cornish okay never mind but it could be um well there was a whole thing about toothpaste that became like super popular all of a sudden and people were like jumping at the chance to like be involved with toothpaste are people not brushing their teeth in the 30s no (gasps) oh my god i don't don't know why i just expect that people's breath smelled good all the time that's nothing smelled good like literally the sewage okay <laughs> okay we'll get no it. Su- sewage treatment plant okay go ahead okay 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 sorry i just it's one of those things that like i've never thought no, the, about it the invention of toothpaste is very interesting because a lot it was mostly marketing i'm gonna go read the shit out of it's that very later. interesting um 
Wow. Yeah. Now I know if I time travel, bring some fucking Altoids. Got it. <laughs> um, so in 2019, the Independent reported a uh, a news story. So Dr. Cornish was basically like the big resurgence of uh, trying to bring back the dead. And then he got into toothpaste. Um, so that was the end of that. In 2019, the Independent wrote, uh, wrote an article about this underground market of bodies mm. um, being uh, sold back and forth now on the internet because now oh, the internet's a thing. God. And toothpaste. Um, <laughs> so apparently there was this place in Phoenix called the Biological Resource Center, which was a body donation and tissue bank facility. Right. And it was being sued by a bunch of families in 2014 <gasps> because they were doing some unsavory dealings. No. And the FBI, quote, followed a paper trail leading to the center run by a man named literally Stephen Gore. Oh, right. Um, and it said that they were profiting from dismembering and selling remains without donor consent. I mean, really? Um, they raided the lab in 2014 and they found, quote, pools of human blood and bodily fluids um, on the floor or in the freezer. Mm. Oh, no. Found on the floor of the freezer. Okay. That makes more sense. Um no identification tags were marking the corpses. There was a cooler just filled alone with male genitalia. Oh. There was a bucket of heads, a bucket for arms and legs. Oh, I remember that. And a bucket of infected hands. I remember that because I remember the buckets of heads and I was like, what? Yeah. And then and another. Oh, no, sorry. Also heads. I just said the wrong word. A bucket of heads, a bucket of arms and legs, and a bucket of other heads that were infected. But there infected? was clean heads too, apparently. With, okay gross the fbi also found a small i don't know why this is important but it does it paints a better picture for me in my head the fbi also found a small woman's decapitated head sewn onto a large male torso and it was hung up on the wall like taxidermy oh my fucking god like some why do people shit. think like they can just do this and not get caught they also sold uh, they found out that they were selling heads for 500 dollars, so five times more than a brain um, Ew, and I hate to think who bought those and for what purpose. Arms for seven hundred fifty, and a whole body apparently was worth five thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! Which is wild because like I've never like thought of like a value for like a human life, but like a whole ass body's only five grand. A car is thirty thousand dollars. Like what are you talking about? Well, a brand new car, and these are not brand new bodies. A DeLorean is worth thirty grand, and that's from the eighties. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, so uh, oh one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit against the facility donated his mom and grandma to the facility oh, under geez. the impression that their bodies would be used for scientific purposes. Like for a good For good reasons. Cause. So that was just like, just to give you some insight that like they were really fighting this thing. And um, Stephen Gore did plead guilty in 2018. Okay. Um, so not any back to Frankenstein because like we're not even talking about him. Oh yeah. Not only is Frankenstein a cautionary tale about experimenting with life after death, but also it was um, it's now with the digital age, which I don't even know if this is considered the digital age anymore. I don't know what it is. It was once the digital age, and now it's just normal. It's like the sea, cloud, I, I guess. I don't know <laughs> the cloud age. Um, now people are bringing up Frankenstein in conversations again because we because so many people are really trying to hop onto AI. I see. And so it's not necessarily like pure life after death, but it's almost creating a functioning humanoid Ugh. thing. 
So um, creepy, dude. And then you can get into this huge conversation about what AI is. I'm going to do a shout out real quick. I just listened to um, my friend Bethany has a podcast called An Acquired Taste. Mm-hmm. They just did an amazing episode on AI. It's very scary about like <gasps> potential world domination. It was they did both sides of AI, but you know it was also spooky. Um, oh my! So go and listen to that. But basically, when they're talking about it with Frankenstein, they didn't mention this part in the podcast. I just wanted to throw that out there because I just listened to it. But um, more specifically, now when we think of Frankenstein, people are starting to use it more as a metaphor for like. Um, artificial emotional intelligence mm. because in the actual Frankenstein book, if you look back, he was, he really resented Dr. It was Frankenstein. It really sad, that book. For like making him and like now he had to like coexist with all these humans. It was really, like I remember being like, this is a huge bummer, thanks. Yeah. Miss Rosero. <laughs> so it's, people are saying, are using that storyline with AI, like what if one day they're so emotionally intelligent that they kind of go through the same Frankenstein process or like, you know, they're feared by many. They're very alone. Yeah, that's like cruel. You're like creating. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this has been discussed specifically with when it comes to Sophia the robot. Do you know who Sophia yeah. is? Just the creepiest just, thing in the world. Just the wildest. Um, if you would like to freak yourself out right before bedtime, go watch <sighs> videos of Sophia the robot. So far, a very lovely android. Um, but yeah, we love I'm, we love you, Sophia. We love Sophia, but uh-huh. we're also afraid Sophia will turn on us. And the worst part is like Sophia is pretty smart and like is aware that people are afraid she'll turn on us. So like she's aware she See, can turn on it's us. It's really horrifying. That's the worst part is like we've talked forever about like oh one day AI could you know, robots could turn on us. We never thought about like, now we have to like worry about saying that with an earshot of them because they are aware that that's a possibility. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm, I tell you, that's why I'm so nice to my AL, my echo, because I'm like, <laughs> I, I need her on my side when they take over. Well, I want, I real quick, I'm going to say something about Sophia. She was a, she's a social humanoid robot. She was developed by a Hong Kong based company called Hanson Robotics. She was first turned on, oh, boy. AKA born, born. Uh, February 14th, 2016. So she's an Aquarius, I think. Pisces. Pis- no, no, no. You're- Aquarius. Pisces is early March. This is early February. Okay. Yeah. I think Aquarius. Yeah, um, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But also, wow, like she was first turned on, like not first born. And also that means she's only like four years old and she's smarter than pretty much any- anyone I know. Um, she, fun fact, was modeled. She's a hybrid of three people for inspiration. The ancient Egyptian queen uh, Neferi- Nefertiti. Uh-huh. I can never pronounce that. <laughs> and looks at me for like Egyptian. I was like Egypt. Um, Audrey Hepburn and the investor's wife. Oh well, you gotta throw you gotta throw some credit. She's been on Jimmy Fallon. She's been on a lot of things, and she it's very wild to watch her have conversations with you and realize that no one backstage is like typing this in, it. and she's like Microsoft Samming. She's straight up talking to you. And one of the things she said on Jimmy Fallon <laughs> was, um, uh, she first of all she said a joke. She to really like warm you into her. She said, "What cheese can never be yours? Nacho cheese." And then <laughs> she beat Jimmy at a game of rock paper scissors. And then uh, when like they asked her to like comment on her beating him at rock paper scissors, she said, "This is the beginning of my plan to dominate the human race." Just kidding. I am <laughs> what? Never gonna leave my house again. Goodbye. 
Fun fact, she has been granted Saudi Arabian citizenship, so she's the first robot to also have a nationality. No, stop giving her a passport. No. Don't give her access to what a whole country. What are you doing? And she met Angela Merkel, and she's spoken at events um, through other, though other experts in the field of AI have dismissed her saying that she's just like a chat bot with a face. Yeah, that's what she wants um, you to think. Just watch her in interviews and make this make your own opinion, but it's pretty terrifying if she decided that she didn't want to be good and nice and wonderful. Yeah um just kidding so people uh, i'm not saying that people are calling her the next frankenstein but it would be interesting in the future it's like a parallel it's almost like the like the 200th anniversary of frankenstein now we literally have humanoid creatures being made in labs yep. who are able to communicate with us and might and might suffer a, from the same emotional intelligence it might issues. also be a big regret of ours that we did this bingo so anyway, that is the inspiration then and wow. now for Frankenstein. That's one of the most fascinating stories you've ever covered, I think. Really? Yeah, I just... I'm sorry I that guess was I so just, long. No, I guess I just didn't expect it because it's like, oh, like Frankenstein is probably some like urban legend. And then I was like, yeah. wow, this is from some really Deep wild stuff. shit yeah, yeah. that I didn't know. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank <sighs> you for You're welcome. my nightmares. <laughs> um, okay, well, I have a really dark, horrible story for you as well. And um, right. this is, I'm just going to get right out there and say it. This is sort of the East Coast rapist. Uh, so just a heads up. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, it is Halloween-y only in that, yes. East area rapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Mind. It's very confusing okay. because Googling it, you have to be very, put quotes around it on Google. Otherwise, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Joseph so D'Angelo not, shows up. Not Eron's. Yeah, yeah. Not Eron's, right. So, yeah, different. Um, but I love that you raised your hand, by the way. We're like, really are back in English class. <laughs> I'm ready to analyze the lemon the and tree the trees. growth. <laughs> um, so we are going to Leesburg, Virginia. Oh, shit. That's where Eva's what up, Eva? from. Yep. She's doing a what, what? I saw it. I saw the one hand. Yeah, there. <laughs> Home of Evatha. <laughs> Evatha. Uh, so... I'm just going to start with um, the quote to kind of give you a heads up of what this story is. So Josh White wrote this article in the Washington Post. He's a reporter. And he said, we're talking about someone who gripped the region with the kind of fear that comes from an unknown man lurking in the darkness, attacking strangers who were doing such everyday tasks as walking home from work, waiting Mm. for a bus, moving out of an apartment, or even sleeping in their own bed. Oh, fuck. Okay, great. Creepy. Uh, So this man's name which we now know is Aaron Thomas. He's also known as the East Coast Rapist. And for 13 years, he quietly uh, attacked in the dark and the broad daylight um, and struck fear into the people uh, of the area. And it wasn't until recently that we found out. Like, it was 13 years before they were able to pin a person and name to this. So it was sort of like Eron's, but, like, on a different scale. So, like, an elusive figure. Yeah. Like, mysterious and, like, hard to pin down. Mm. And then, um, so... The, fi- the reason I said it was kind of Halloween is that the final incident occurred on October 31st of 2009, and that's when he was arrested and taken in. Gotcha. So um, so Josh White wrote that article um, for The Independent, and that's where a lot of this comes from because, it, again, it's hard to find. Like, I was Googling it, and it gets mixed with Eron's information, so you have to be very, like, specific about right. what you're looking for. So um, his name was is Aaron Haj Malik Thomas, born in Virginia, August 1971. Um, his middle name honored Malcolm X. Mm. Uh, his father also read in high school. 
his father was a high-ranking Washington police officer and his mother a career Geico employee. Hmm. Fun fact. He grew up with a half-brother and a half-sister, but was the only biological son of Big Don, as he was called. All right, Big Donald, D. <laughs> Big D, Donald B. Thomas. Um, he had like a... Per- so the the dad, he was the kind of guy who had a photograph of him shaking hands with George H.W. Bush in front of his patrol boat. I feel like we all know someone. Yeah. Especially like, in Virginia. Like, it's actually, so, it's like a very it's Virginia. such a specific... Like, if you live anywhere near D.C., Someone has shaken hands with the president. On the mantle. And it's on the mantle. Yeah. And you're like, oh, another guy like that. Yeah. Yep. I know that guy. Exactly. So um, according to Michael, Thomas's older brother, um, according to Michael, Thomas's older brother, Big Don was a strict disciplinarian. Uh, quote, you didn't do anything out of sorts or it was hell to pay. When we started to fight back in our way, problems started. With Aaron, it seemed to go way down a rabbit hole. It went further. Mm. So he was the only biological son and was kind of the main target for a lot of the like cruelty and right abuse like he was he was uh favored in a negative way exactly to yes. to be the, the punching target. bag yeah exactly so aaron's mother shirley said to the independent aaron was a funny child he always wanted to make me laugh very loving in first grade he started acting out to me it was just aaron he was a different child he would act out but would tell me he was sorry mm. so this is where it all began first grade um, some examples of acting out, as his mother called it, which not what I call acting out, but okay. let's just go there. Um, he beat up another elementary school student with a chain from a playground swing. Holy shit. Uh, he pulled dangerous pranks like super gluing his brother's hands to his bed. <gasps> oh, no. Uh, or he... <laughs> I super glued... I have super glue on my fingers right now. I've been doing Allison's birthday. I have super glue that's stuck on my fingernail. On oh, one fingernail, I see it for days now, and I'm losing my mind. I can't imagine my whole fucking hands set of hands. And as a little kid, like that's on your bed, like and I mean, frightening. It's frightening, and also like there's no good way of getting your hands off that no, bed unless no. they cut off a chunk of the bed, and then you walk to the hospital for yeah. them to go unadhesive it up. That's just so it's uh, really traumatizing. It is, yeah, and it painful. is traumatizing and painful. Um, he also, speaking of which, he also slipped his brother's sleeping pills to find out what would happen. Okay, so, hmm. So this guy is out. not totally stable. No. Got it. Uh, in elementary school. He lit fireworks indoors at a relative's house. Um, obviously extremely dangerous, and many people die every 4th of July because of fireworks. Uh, this is just a uh, spoiler alert the dog survives but okay. he dropped the family's dog ewok into a post hole that had filled with water Aww. nearly drowning it and it was rescued but his intention was to right. hurt his dog or his intention was to see what happened to see what happened right yep. and it's then always say sorry I, wish, yeah. I just wanted to see what happens he quote accidentally set a girl's hair on fire uh, which caused him to be sent to a psychiatric facility in washington for two weeks so Big Don... That was what... That was the that one? That was the one, right. Okay. Yeah. I guess that I was like the final was, straw. I was going to say, that must have been the one that like, Where it was was, like, broke the camel's back. He's like, it was an accident. They're like, you've... This is... This is too many... Too much. Too many accidents. Too many accidents. <laughs> so embarrassed by his son, Big Don would beat Aaron, and eventually he was sent away from mainstream schools. Um, so it is that horrible combination of like it's having cyclical. psychotic tendencies, but then also being mixed with abuse. And it's just like, well, it's like you're acting, acting out because you're getting beaten, but you're getting beaten because you're, yeah, it's a bad out. cycle. Yeah. Well, and it, and it looks like he already had just in first grade, if you're like putting pills in your, bro- like, yeah, you're, there's something's problems up. already there. Yeah. Something's, like, something's like homicidal up. triad level of like hurting animals and that kind of thing. 
Um, and so, yeah, mixing that with abuse, not good. Doesn't end well, as I will tell you right now. So he spent the first three years of high school at the Edgemead Treatment Center in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, because he was not allowed to return to public school. He commuted from Fort Washington um, for 40 minutes each way, uh, uh, and he only had one other student on the bus. He was, like, very isolated now suddenly. Like, he had been in public school, and now he's going to this, like, treatment facility. Um, apparently, so the executive director of Edgemead, whose name is James McComb, um, he, didn't, he didn't even remember him. Like, he just wasn't somebody who stood out i guess okay like he was just another person in the treatment facility another troubled youth as one might say Mm. um but he wasn't even like memorable at the time so it's just creepy how people get through the cracks like that and like then end up being so heinous it's always weird because like i feel like it's always either i never saw coming that guy was so nice or like Oh, that guy? Like, I don't even really remember. He just, like, so yeah. clouded in my in my memory. I guess it's the perfect way to blend in, right? Yeah. Like, no one's really paying attention to what you're up and to. And he did. For 13 years, literally nobody knew who he was. So it's like, mm. yes, it worked, whatever he was doing. Um, so <clears throat> the base requirements to get into this program were mental illness or severe emotional disturbance. And Edgemead's goal was remediation of emotional conflict, remediation of some of the stress, trauma, whatever it was that contributes to dysfunction the objective was to moderate behaviors and get children to a point where they can function well, and that happened quite often. So it was unclear what his diagnosis was. Um, Aaron Knorr's family recall, and the records from the facility appear to have been destroyed, which is like, yikes. That's not a its good sign. own story. We should yeah, that's its own thread. We Let's should look pull into on. the edge. Maybe you should look into the edge mead facility. Okay, um, but the therapy seemed to help for a while, according to his mother Shirley. Aaron completed his senior year at Friendly High School. Um, and he graduated in June 1990, so he finished out high school. Um, and with Big Don having high expectations, but then um, his son, like, quote-unquote, messing up, uh, he was kicked out of the house. He was distraught, lonely. He hitchhiked with only the clothes on his back and lived off 14th Street in Washington. I know where that is. In 1991, where he was arrested three times for cocaine possession and placed on probation. And now April 1st, 1992, he had a violent run-in. While installing a stereo system in his car, he was shot in the butt. Oh. And nearly bled to death. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting because they always say, like, you've heard before, like, if you had to get shot somewhere, where would it be? And people have said, like, oh, the butt. That's like. I guess it just feels like it would maybe hurt less, but also. I guess if you're bleeding, you're bleeding. I'm also like, I imagine. I am not a scientist, in case you did not know. But I imagine gravity wise, it's so low on your body, all the blood might. Well, I imagine at that point you're on the easier. floor. Okay, well, well if, I don't true. know that, but I don't know anything. I'm just trying to think with my like third grade. I think physics. if you get shot anywhere, there's a chance you'll probably die. You might die. I think there would. I be guess a you chance. just assume it would hurt less, and also it's there's no real vital. I organs. think there's just an, yeah, and I think there's just an idea that it's like cushioned. Right. Though. That doesn't mean you're not going to bleed there. Right. So, anyway, he got shot in the butt, um, nearly bled to death. He said that incident incident caused him to lose trust in people. And it was something that would come up with, like, psychological experts later that he said, like, that was the point where I didn't trust people anymore. Weird. That's interesting because people could look back at him and be like, I sensed it before then. Yeah, like, <laughs> really? That was it? It's like, I'm... Well, it's like the time he said that girl's hair on fire. They're like, that's the thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so after his recovery, he lived in Forestville at his brother's home, then moved to live in an abandoned pet store for a while. 
Sounds uh, like some bullshit we would do, though. Yeah, so I'm it not does. Gonna totally judge him. It seems fun until you hear the details. Until you find out that there was one snake left abandoned there, <laughs> and you're alone in the room with them. And your butt is still recovering. <laughs> and uh, it only likes butts. <laughs> how? C- we can't write this shit, man. It's, it just writes itself. <sighs> Um, so Thomas bounced around jobs in his 20s, eventually landed a job driving a truck for a soft drink distributor. Uh, in 1994, while en route um, as a truck driver, he met his future wife, Jewel Hicks, who said, they met when I was bending over watering plants, and I guess he liked what he saw. Ew. He has a butt thing, I guess. Uh, well, his got injured, so he's got a... compensating in some way. He's looking at others, yeah. They began their relationship. Um, Thomas was sort of a father figure to Jewel's son, Jarrell, and then they also had a child of their own. Um, according to Jewel, Thomas was meticulously neat. She said he would habitually clean their apartment, would throw things away that were just, like, not in a proper spot. Um, there were, I, I don't like it here. In the garbage it goes. Yeah, I yeah. like it over there. <laughs> Your Etch-A-Sketch is on the kitchen table. Goodbye. <laughs> I Yikes. like it better in the dumpster, actually. The relationship was tumultuous. Um, Jewel said he was really overprotective and jealous. Um, he got violent anytime she had like an interaction with other men. She said he had an insatiable sex drive and would get mad if she didn't give it to him, quote unquote. So, so we can we can guess what probably happened. And also his name is the East Coast Rapist? Correct. Okay. Uh, in retrospect, Thomas's DNA first appeared at a crime scene in the same patch of woods across from that pet store. Mm. so that's where it kind of began i see at least the trail that we have so february 19th 1997 a 25 year old woman reported being attacked at 12 45 a.m a man had approached her on a 10 speed bicycle started a conversation and then forced her into the woods with what appeared to be a gun um and this is the first time thomas's dna appeared at a crime scene what do they mean by what appears to be a gun like was that through cameras or testimony or she just said like i think it was a gun but it could have right. been like could have been his own hand fake or yeah. like put it in a sleeve or something like it's yeah it's unclear if it was a gun right and later we actually get into that where he pretends to have a gun so it could have just been gotcha fake or who knows what um or he could have just said he had a gun um so this was the first time his dna appeared at a crime scene but he later admitted that three rapes had already happened before that that we just don't know about Holy shit okay. and he doesn't know about so it's Ugh. like okay those are just lost i guess um, seven months later, a woman was raped behind a restaurant garbage bin, like a dumpster, in Maryland. And the following year, a 16-year-old girl was raped in Maryland. Um, and Jewel now is looking back and basically says what she thinks happened is that on some nights where she wouldn't give it to him, quote-unquote. And he, like, stormed off. Yep. And if she fended him off, which I'm like... So she probably just has, like, the worst guilt in the world. That must be a horrible feeling. If I said yes, he wouldn't have left like, and hurt others. It's so much not obviously not her fault no, but like it's not her fault. that immediate reaction of like oh the times when i said no like then he yeah. would go off and do oh it i mean i can else. understand immediately why guilt formed in her mind yeah. but it does not need to be i mean i don't know if guilt formed in her mind to be clear like i'm just saying this is what she said gotcha i can see why it would have if it would make sense it would make sense yeah um i just don't want to like put words in her mouth sure. But so she said if she fended him off oh, i mean yikes okay uh he would get up and leave the house sometimes for hours uh-huh. Uh, so with all this pent-up aggression, um, because of the rejection, then he would take, allegedly take it out on innocent female strangers. Again, obviously not her fault. It's just like a horrible correlation to make, you know, mm. like yeah. later. Um, he began attacking women in Virginia, then returned to Maryland in 2001. And that's where he raped two victims in the same attack. He later commented how every attack blurred into one. He said, I did so much, I can't remember. It's the same thing over and over again, which is why it, he doesn't have details for a lot of them. Also, I don't remember hearing about this. I was going to ask. I 
I was like nine. 11 so or I, something, yeah. I guess I wouldn't know about that. I, I'll ask my mom and see what she... I oh, don't remember she may know about it. It was pretty long-standing hmm. uh, case. In May 2001, he attacked a Leesburg uh, woman in her empty apartment as she was moving out, threatening her with a screwdriver and disappearing with all of her clothes. Uh, the apartment was nearly vacant. She had just sent her 14-year-old son to his Taekwondo lesson before Thomas grabbed her from behind. He raped her, then took her clothes and cell phone. And she didn't have everything was packed up. Her apartment was empty. So she had wrapping Christmas wrapping paper and had to like wrap herself in that and leave and try to find help. It's That's just like awful. really fucking horrid. Also um, kind of like demeaning. It's and, so demeaning. Yeah. yeah. It's just like really. God. Um, during this time, the police didn't know that Thomas was the perpetrator of these attacks. So it became no, known as the East Coast Rapist because of the MO. Sure. Attacks were always on women, occurred at night near major highways. Um, he initially started off in Maryland, moved to Virginia, then Connecticut, Rhode Island, and back to Virginia. So East gotcha. Coast rapist. Uh, he would study his victims and knew when they were most vulnerable, which might have been like when they were home alone, like she sent her son away, um, or when they failed to lock windows or doors. So weeks after the Leesburg attack in June 2001, Thomas was charged in an incident in which he smashed Jewel into a bathroom window. Uh, he was apparently provoked because he went through her phone and saw she was texting a male friend. And a police report outlines that Jewel wasn't injured and Thomas was given a suspended jail sentence and told the police he did not grab her. We were just wrestling. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Got it. Sure. Despite this, Thomas and Jewel tried to work their relationship out. And according to Jewel, he would often say mysterious, ominous things like, you name it, I've done it. You don't want to know what I've done or you wouldn't want to be with me. Ugh. And she always was like, I thought maybe he was hiding something. But like, obviously. He- if someone said... I don't want to tell you or else you'd leave me. I'd be like, okay, well, then I'm going to leave you. You don't need to tell me. I'm just going to leave you. If if you're that confident I would leave, then I don't need to know the information. I'm out. And again, I'm not saying she did anything wrong. No, I'm saying I would have said. It's just such an ominous statement. Um, And obviously, he was extremely abusive. So that comes with its own, like. Right. I'm sure it was not just an easy, I can leave whenever I want. Right, right, right. But it is such like a, like, I don't want to know, but like, bye, I guess. Right. Yikes. On Thanksgiving 2003, Jewel and Thomas went to go visit Thomas's parents in Clark County, Virginia, where they'd retired. Um, Big Don pulled his son aside and told him to take care of his mother and gave him a set of keys to the house, which was strange because they barely spoke. Um, and Big Don implored him to make more friends and take care of himself. Oh, Big Don's getting nervous. Well, February 4th, he went into the garage, got into the passenger seat of his Chevy Impala, started the engine. And he- Bye-bye. Like, killed himself. Oh, I see. Okay. Like he died by suicide. In Carbon the monoxide poisoning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Um, I tried to make that very like. Sure. Uh, it didn't work. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, well, no, it wasn't you. It was because his name is Big Don. So I still am thinking like mafia stuff. And you like, he got in his car, turned it on. And then I thought like, it exploded? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Nope. Uh, he. The Godfather? Quietly died by suicide. <laughs> Got it. Um, And that is seemingly why he was like, take care of your mother. Sure. Here are like the saying keys. his goodbyes and mm-hmm. last wishes and all that. Yeah. So that was obviously not a great moment in Aaron no. Thomas' Couldn't life. Couldn't have possibly helped no. his mental state. In, exactly. Um, so it seemed like between 2001 and 2006, uh, the East Coast rapist kind of disappeared. But... Uh, what maybe happened was like the the bathroom thing that he was charged with, like throwing his girlfriend right. in the bathroom. Like maybe they that. were wrestling. They were <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, maybe that uh, 
and obviously his father's suicide, like maybe that's why he kind of laid low for a while. Sure. Um, and after this, his and Jules' relationship fell apart. I think we all saw that coming. Um, so while truck driving for Yale New Haven Hospital, um, in some Blaze used to work there. Fun fact. Uh, in summer of 2000, and they used to also. That's did you know that that's why there's like a a, a, pol- a Yale police force because back in the day the medical school would dig up bodies and use them for I did not know that m- you know medical experiments. Speaking of which, anyway, I did not fun know fact, that. Fun fact. Um, Blaze is full of uh, <laughs> yeah fun adjacent history. Yeah, fun yeah. like on brand, I yeah. guess. So, um, while he was driving for the hospital in summer of 2004, he met uh, Dorothy Golding, and she thought he was weird but nice. Uh, she said he would send me flowers with fish in the vase at work, and that sounds like a cool gift. And then she said, "And nobody ever did that." I'm like, "Well, yeah, nobody. Literally, nobody, nobody ever did that." Were the fish like able to be with around those flowers? I think it. I think it was just. I don't know what's so going on. Weird. Like I think it was just a fishbowl and then he put flowers in it. I don't know. Oh. Maybe they it were at the It seems like store. it's a creative present of like here's two things at once, but also I'm like, is that endangering the fish? Yeah, certainly it's not I'm certain it's probably not. I'm good. sure it has to be because otherwise so many other people would do that. Like, and also I think like don't again, don't give pets to people that aren't expecting a pet. That's right. Like rule, That's rule number, number one. one. I mean rule number one is don't put your dog in a post hole full of water i guess but also maybe like don't just like give away rule number two maybe is the, is the flowers one rule number two so they dated for a while um he and dorothy but their relationship became strained uh, they would fight a lot and he would often sleep on the back porch it was like an enclosed back porch um he would sometimes leave she said it was mostly at night he would i would go to bed and he would go he'd be gone for an hour or two and he would come back he would come back and say he was tired and hungry so it's like we now know what he was doing but right, it's like right. yikes the next time the police uh, suspected activity of the East Coast rapist was in 2006 in New England when he was spotted peeping on a girl in Rhode Island while she was doing her homework. Huh. And she screamed and scared him off. Uh, in January of 2007, he broke into an apartment when he saw a young mother alone with her baby in a first floor apartment. She awoke at 1 a.m. to find a man in her bedroom. I mean, this is just like worse fears realized. Uh, to find a man in her bedroom, he threatened to kill her 11-month-old son before placing a pillowcase over her head and raping her. Oh. Then afterwards, he told her off for leaving her windows unlocked with a baby inside. Basically, was like, it's, this how is your could fault. you? Yeah, exactly. Great. Like, shamed her for leaving yeah. a window unlocked. So sometime after that attack, weirdly enough, he visited his mother in Virginia and told her to please make sure the windows were locked because, like, He's, like, clearly projecting of, like, somebody could hurt you because I do that to other people. Um, And to test – he tested it. So he appeared in an upstairs room after going outside, having climbed up and entered through an unlocked – He tested his own mom's house. Yeah. Second-story window. And she said, "Um, I went upstairs and he was upstairs. I learned my lesson. (laughs) Holy shit. I mean, truly, imagine if you weren't his mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a random person. Yeah, exactly. It's frightening. Um, and the fact that he climbed through a second story window freaks me out like to no end. That freaks me out because you don't lot. really think. I mean, I don't necessarily think about that. I'm like, oh, we're high up enough in an apartment or whatever to like. Right. Ugh. I and I also like. I mean, I get nervous about that stuff. Luckily, like the place I live right now is okay. Yeah. But I mean, I've lived in some like other uh, checkered spaces yeah. where I was like very 
I should have been more nervous. Luckily, I was like younger and more like kind of like blissfully ignorant to that stuff. Yeah. But if I were an adult now and lived in like some of the like area like, like higher crime rate and that kind of thing well and also like just in college like we just lived on like a super busy street like with we lived full of drunk college with students. A, full of drunk college students there was like a like a, a big like a theft rate in our area yeah. i mean it was just like i should have been so much more careful especially like, in college you're just like whatever you and know? we were only we were only on the second floor but like it, like anyone could just like if you have upper body strength maybe that's why i don't think maybe about it because i'm like it. i'm like well i i couldn't if i wanted to we're like you climbed up what yeah but like if if you have enough upper body strength i guess you can get anywhere like, i can't even climb up the you will die alone monkey bars i can't walk up the fucking stairs christine yeah. i don't i don't know how people do it <sighs> anyway um so to test right so he tested his mom and appeared upstairs in front of her and was like you need to lock your windows and um the one the woman he had attacked said i don't think he's going to stop he's he sees he's getting away with it and that gives him the confidence to keep going i think there's a sickness and he can't control himself. he's almost even bragging to his mom like look what i was capable yeah, of like i tested you and you failed yeah yeah um in october 2009 uh thomas and dorothy's relationship went sour so he returned to northern virginia to visit family and help jewel move out of her apartment in arlington um they weren't back together but he just went to help her move um so jewel had participated in the u.s peacekeeping mission in kosovo in 2006 and 2007 as a member of the army national guard so she had some military memorabilia scattered around and she had this replica nine millimeter handgun with a chrome plated barrel and black grip and it was mm. a fake she had bought for 10 euro while shopping in pristina and it looked real but when you pulled the trigger it was a lighter so okay. that's why I kind of earlier when it was like what appeared to be a gun i see i'm like i see i see i think that's what was happening gotcha because on halloween 2009 Aaron Thomas grabbed the lighter gun and jumped in Jules Chrysler sedan. And uh, he did borrow her car regularly. So she wasn't like, you know, alarmed. Shady, like, like, yeah. It wasn't shady. Yeah. So she assumed that he was just going to go run some errands. And he headed to, he said he headed to Prince William to buy a shirt at a store he knew from living in Woodbridge. I mean, I'm like just saying these names. I don't. I know what they are. You know what they are. Yeah. I don't. Uh, <laughs> but some of you might. Um, as he drove near his old house, he spotted three teenage girls walking with bags of candy. Again, this is Halloween Ooh. night, so that's kind of why it's slightly Halloween-y, 2009. Yeah. Um, I pulled in and parked, is what he said. He stopped at a CVS parking lot, grabbed his lighter gun, uh, cinched the hood of his black coat over his face, stepped out into the rain, um, and he claimed there wasn't really planning. He just kind of pulled out the lighter like it was a gun and asked the teenagers if they had money. When they said no, he led them down a steep slope into the woods, ordered them to line up, drop their bags of candy, and told them to lie down in the wet leaves. He raped two of the girls, two 17-year-olds, but luckily the 16-year-old had her phone and was able to, like, secretly text her mom. And the message said, man raping my friend in the woods behind CVS, call 911. And so, like, can you imagine being a parent and, like, receiving that text message? Also, thank God. Can you imagine the guilt if you were a parent who was, like, your phone was on your silent? Your phone's off or something. Like, talk about paranoia. Like, you're really, like, praying that someone actually reads the text. <sighs> right. At exactly. That Especially on Halloween. Like, who knows what you're doing or, like, yeah. handing out candy or whatever. Yikes. So, they call the police, obviously. She gets this text. Police swarm the area. And as soon as he heard them, he ran. He tossed the gun lighter aside and went back to the parking lot. Then he said he just calmly walked up to the car and got in. He said, police were right beside me. 
like as if he's fucking proud of it. He said, I just got in the car and backed out. And then he drove back to Jules' apartment and fell asleep. So hang on. So the cops, so at one point, he, the cops, and those girls were all in the same space. And so they were in the woods. Like he took them down into the woods behind CBS. Then when he heard the sirens, he like, while bolted by that point. and then he went back to the parking lot as if he had just done some cbs shopping right right, right. I, I see and they were all going into the woods so it's like gotcha. ugh, got close call right ugh. so um after this he became really paranoid and in the meantime jewel noticed that her lighter was missing um because mm. he clearly didn't want to get caught with it he said he had hit it in the woods um and at the time the rapes didn't receive much publicity and so she was unaware of the crimes and later said i just wanted my lighter <laughs> like she was right. like i didn't even know you know um, so while all this is happening, the Halloween rapes started to draw more attention. They put up a billboard um, with sketches of the attacker. Um, originally, he was on a list of suspects, but then was eliminated from consideration, which is like, yikes, how does that happen? Um, and shortly after the billboards went up, police got a startling tip from Maryland. A caller say, said Thomas had taken credit for the first attack in 1997 when he described how he had escaped on a bicycle, which was like the one across the street from the pet store back then. Okay. So, meanwhile, in New Haven, he was facing a different court hearing because he had stolen an expensive bicycle. So, bicycle full circle. Oh, okay. So, then police and U.S. Marshals basically started, like, to observe him just to see, like, what he was up to. Um, They noted his paranoia and how he was taking odd routes to and from home and was constantly watching his back. And they're like, this guy's up to something. Right. Um, And during a break in his court hearing when he tossed aside a Newport cigarette butt, police collected it, sent it back to the crime lab. Which is interesting. East Area Rapist was found a similar way by discarded oh, yeah. trash. So it's oh. like, huh. They sent it to the lab. The DNA match uh, was a match to the East Coast Rapist attacks. So they were like, well, we got him. Like, this is like Bingo. all yeah. of them at once suddenly point to the same person. He was too careless. He had left his DNA at 13 different attack locations, um, according to police. Hmm. So they were able to basically tie him to all of them. Um, on March 3rd, 2011, he made a series of unusual phone calls to family members. He said he was facing trouble, but he kept referring to the bicycle charge, like the stolen bicycle, to kind of be like, I'm talking about that. But it was like, no, he's talking right. about something worse. Um, so the next day, as 41-year-old Aaron Thomas stepped off a bus near his house, law enforcement swarmed in. Uh, he knew what was going on and asked, what took you so long? Oh, boy. Yikes. Um, police have said in court that Thomas confessed to the rapes almost immediately. Um, I don't think he was trying to hide it. He then began to make fleeting references about an alter ego he called Irwin. Oh. Which he said was a dark being inside of him that Thomas likened to the devil. He even drew a picture of Irwin with horns and a little tail next to himself, Aaron. He eventually admitted that he was attempting to fake a split personality, quote unquote. Oh my god! So it was god. like a, a quote unquote insanity attempt or whatever, you know. And I it see. didn't work, obviously. And then he's like, "Erwin is just a name I gave to my problem." So it's like, yikes! Wow. But also, like, maybe everyone should just have a name for their for their, for problems. their problems. Just be like, "Oh, sorry, that wasn't me. That was like." Or maybe we shouldn't, because maybe we should take you know take responsibility for when we hurt people and dogs. 
True. I'm thinking more about like when I like want to take a depression nap and then like buy a hundred dollars worth of like. Oh, well, if we're talking that kind of darkness, <laughs> yeah. sure. If yeah. I'm like, oh, God, you know, George doesn't want me to like go oh, check George my mail. He just wants again. me to like go take a nap. I'm going to go. It's like Aunt Flo, but it's like exactly. Uncle George is here. It's like Uncle George is in town. Uncle I'm just, Walt is here. Uncle Walt is in town. I just want I just want to binge like a dozen donuts you and get it. watch Stranger Things. Like, I don't understand. It's no, just no, George. I don't. George does. That's exactly See, yeah. we're, we're learning. See, that's what I mean. Thomas met with a psychiatrist for months um, as his defense attorneys prepared for an insanity defense. Um, basically, they were trying to argue he didn't know right from wrong, but like that pretty much didn't work. Um, it seemed Thomas had always known right from wrong, and he referred to his victims as objects. He said, whoever came down the street, an object, it's awful, it's scary, it's something not right because people are getting hurt. I don't know why that's shocking and like, I like, and I, it's already all disturbing. Why would that be? It's just an added layer surprising. of like inhumanity, you know? That's awful. Um, so although the women obviously remember their attacks in vivid and horrifying detail, Thomas doesn't even remember their faces. Uh, he has a muddled sense of the events and says there was no thinking involved in any of it. They all blur together. Do you, is that, do you think that's real or do you think that's something like, I don't even remember, like I didn't do that? Well, he said he pleaded guilty right away. Okay. I don't so know. I'm just, I'm just thinking like, so was he, he already like, said he did them, but. All right. I just don't know if he was already being like if he was trying to act too cool for I mean school. it doesn't seem like he was very like intentional about it. like a lot of them were just kinds of opportunity like he would just be right. oh I three saw girls them and walking I... down the street it, you know it wasn't right. like I picked them right 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 um, so he just kind of said they all blurred together uh, and he called them objects so I'm like he probably didn't even see them as humans you know as people that's a good point um, he said in interviews there were at least a few attacks that predate the police timeline so ones that we'll oh. never even know the first one thomas said was on a summer night in the early 90s um he was in his early 20s had hit rock bottom um there was a fire that pushed a pet store out of business and so he ended up living in there some cages and fish tanks were still in there and he barricaded a room for himself in what he called the birdhouse. Ugh. he said Ew. he was sitting in the building doing nothing and this is how he described leading up to his first rape he got an urge and his heart started to race. He walked outside, quote, it was like, bam, who cares? So he just was like, one day I decided that I'm going to do this thing. Um, That's wild. It is. Jesus. Investigators say there are 12 attacks with 17 victims, including 14 sexual assaults, two abductions where victims escaped or were not assaulted, and one peeping offense. The majority of the victims were black women and the age range spanned from 11 to 46. Wow. It's horrible. Oh my god, 11? Yeah, I think that might have been the peeping incident. <sighs> okay. Because um, she was a child. But like, yikes to all of it. Um, Thomas, because I mean, those teen teenagers were minors yeah. too. Yikes. Thomas pleaded guilty to three counts of first degree rape in Prince George's County for attacking three women between 1997 and 2001. And after being captured in 2011, he is serving three life terms plus 80 years for abduct abducting the three teenage girls, raping two of them. In March 2013, he was indicted on a total of 54 cha charges in the Holy county, shit. including theft, kidnapping, and false imprisonment. Wow. And that's the horrifying story of the East Coast Rapist. Sorry about that. Wow. All bad. Oh, my gosh. Yay. And what years were those again? It was until 20... He was... Um, the, the attack was October 31st, 2009. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So I was in D.C. at that point. Mm. Weird. Yikes. I'll, I'll have to ask uh, around to my 
Virginia Friends people. I don't know why. I don't remember. I, you would think it, like, it was such like a crucial story. I, I think at least a lot of people haven't heard of it. It was hard. It was really hard to find information. So like. Weird. I know. Well. There's just a lot of bad people out there who got a lot of press, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's for the best that we didn't glorify it. Yeah. I'm just surprised that like, you would think it like it would be. Especially mentioned. being from the area. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway. I'm, anyway. Happy November. Happy Halloween. You know what? Now, you know what happens after this episode. Hmm. You know. Thanksgiving oh. is here, and we can sing the turkey song. I was gonna say that has its own song. M. I know. I I wanted to do the official bridge and meld them. I see. So now we're outside. Now we're just giving thanks. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Got to it. To things it. like Linda Belcher. Yeah, to only Linda Belcher. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, Buy our merch. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. I didn't hear the word merch. I thought you said thanks for listening. Bye. Also, bye. <laughs> I do have to pee really bad, so. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. Find us on our socials. Our website is and That's Why I Drink. You can get everything there. And uh, happy November. And go listen to our listeners episode that came out today too, as well. And that's why we drink. Okay. Yeah. Got pee. <laughs> <laughs>